Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Chris. Chris is a family man, uh, a huge Dark Souls fan, and he has one of the best Southern accents that you're ever going to hear in your life. Uh, I had a really great time recording with Chris. He's one of those really effusive and vibrant Souls fans that just loves the series and everything around it. Hearing him describe his family cheer for him when he over the course of several evenings, practice and practice and practice and finally beat Artorias is one of the best stories on this show, I think. But I'm going to let you listen to that. Um, so enjoy the episode. It's interesting. I, I, I took some notes last night just so I could be uh, somewhat accurate is that Demon Souls. Um, I probably jumped. I probably experienced Demon Souls as close to release it as to any of them. Um, my next door neighbor came to me. Um, said was trying to describe this game he had bought. He was talking about a, a hub world named the Nexus and uh, and souls as a currency. And my eyes just kind of glazed over. Um, but it wasn't long before I borrowed it from him, as we do with games, switching back and forth with games, and. I mean, everyone Everyone on this podcast can describe that feeling of just sort of becoming hooked. And uh, and I limped through Voluntarian Castle. I got lost in Stonefang. Um, and I cowered in the Tower of Latria. Uh, but, I, but it was something about it that kept me coming back. Um, I did hit walls at the Tower Knight and at the Old Monk. Um I got to the point where it was exhausting me, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I I I, st- I remember specifically running into the old monk, and I don't he's by no means the hardest boss in the game, but by that time I I, I was just tired, um, I, I, and uh, I was it, it had been um, a, a great journey, but I was tired, and I put it down, and I put it and would not pick up another um, Souls game probably uh, to about three more years later. What kind of uh, games were you playing at the time? Like, what were you what were you going for, going into? Um, I was big into Bioshock. Um, uh, those three games. I uh, I don't remember. I think the first Dishonored um, was was about to come out. Probably that. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I dabbled in Skyrim and, and Dragon Age, but they were. I mean, but they all are a little bit intimidating to me and overwhelming with every with every blinking side mission and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, it was mostly um, RPGs or, uh, or, or a blend of RPGs and action. Cool. When, and, and when I left Dark Souls, I mean, Demon Souls is that the interesting thing was, is that I still loved it. I, I used to tell my neighbor after I'd given it back to him that I, that game haunted me and haunted me in a good way. I, I still thought about it all the time. I was exhausted. I didn't, I, I didn't, I needed time away from it, but I told him, I said, it haunts me in a good way. Uh, about the time demons, I mean, excuse me, dark souls came out. Um, I thought, let me give this thing another try. And neither through Gamefly or uh, buying a used copy at GameStop, I, 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 I threw it in, and I have I have to believe Jeremy that I may win the medal for the quickest to bounce off Dark Souls. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm going to tell you where I bounced off, and, and I remember it more specifically than any other achievement or failure in all of the Storesborn game. I communicated with Oscar. I went upstairs, got the tutorial meshes 
tutorial messages on how to kick and how to parry and repost. And I'm not lying. I fumbled with those three controls for at least a half hour. I could kick once in a while, but I'm dead. And, but I could not learn to parry. It was so new to me. And I didn't even know what the hell a repost was. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I had no idea. I still, I still, um, t- uh, eight years later on how to pronounce it. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> you're, you're I, fine I, with repost. That, That's good. <laughs> yeah. And literally that corner where you turn left, you've got, I think two undead coming at you. And then you got one with a crossbow there. I never turned left. I stopped there and took the game back. Um, I never even saw the asylum <laughs> demon first jumped off of it and yeah, jumped off of it and said, um, what is it, Chris? What is it about this game? But it is not, you, you're not good at it. <laughs> And so, um, having finished half of Demon Souls, um, just being totally intimidated with Dark Souls, I wasn't mad with it. I wasn't. Um, um, I, I, I I didn't blame the game, but it to me at the first is that I, it. I was humbled to the point that I thought I'm not good enough to play this. Uh, so Dark Souls two passed me by. I, I'd pretty much given not given up, but. Um, for the most part, just realized that maybe these games were, were quote unquote, too hard for me. Um, and then Bloodborne came. Um, I didn't buy I didn't buy Bloodborne immediately, but the, I started reading all the great reviews, I, I, um, everything online, every game inside online, and I decided to jump back in. And I purchased it in that summer of 2015. Um, and I, I know you're a big fan of Bloodborne. Listening to your show, I was immediately hooked. I don't know if it was the faster-paced uh, combat. It was. It was definitely the Victorian world, um, the Lovecraftian cosmos piece to it, um, and uh, was immediately hooked. And I love every one of the Soulsborne games now, but probably Bloodborne is the one I come back to the most to play a different build or to um, to go through um, the chalices or to, to, to just uh, experience the old hunters again. Um, coincidentally enough, this is when I discovered my fireside chat. I don't rem- I, I didn't listen to podcasts at the time, but I, I, I just started Bloodborne. I said, I asked myself, I said, um, maybe you can find some good reviews or an episode about Bloodborne somewhere. And of course, the first thing that came up on the Apple search was uh, bonfireside chat. And I I walked those episodes walked me through um, Bloodborne. Um, I felt like I was experiencing it with them, and and at some point in going back and playing all of these, um, I have listened. I've, I've walked every step of the way in all of the Soulsborne games uh, with those episodes, and so and fell in love with that. Um, I, I the interesting thing about Bloodborne was I did jump off. Um, before the old, I had purchased the old hunters, but I had somehow made the mistake of going into New Game Plus. Um, I started the game again without realizing that I probably should go play the whole the, the new excuse me the old hunters at um, at the level I was. And I had a I had I, I did not understand mid maxing then. I didn't understand I didn't understand what a quality build was. Um, but is that so? I had a very amateurish build in new game plus and i walked into old hunters new game and it whipped my tail um and i and i put it aside for the time um 
Uh, but but very happy that I finally completed a Soulsborne game. So so I'm curious because yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean you, you said you, you played Demon Souls around release, which was 2009. You tried Dark Souls when it was released, which was 2011. Finally clicked with Bloodborne, which I think came out in 2014. Yep. Um, what was the draw? Like, what what kept you coming back? Because if you bounced off so early with demons, and you bounced off incredibly early in dark, like, what was the like what like what pulled you back in? Like, the, what you said, like Demon Souls haunted you, but like, were you just constantly thinking about these games and thinking about like how you wanted to finish them, or was it just oh, there's a new game and I'm going to play? Like, did you associate them all together? I guess is is what I'm saying. Absolutely, absolutely. I've always had a tight. Um, my perspective has always been a tight connection to all these games, and. I'm I'm going to give an an interesting answer to that. Uh, About the time I was working my way through Bloodborne, the next-door neighbor who had interested me in uh, Demon's Souls originally, I was talking to him about Bloodborne as he was playing through it, too. And I had gotten farther than than the previous two games. And he said to me, he said to me, I knew that you wouldn't uh, be able to get through Demon's Souls and Dark Souls. You just don't have the patience. And Jeremy, that pissed me off, <laughs> and, and, and um, it did. And uh, and so I, it was literally more of a um, more of a recommitment. I've always been a huge dark fantasy fan. Um, everything about the world of Demon Souls, about uh, Dark Souls, um, was 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 Mac was was right down my alley. But I I think I had been just a little overly intimidated by it. And um, didn't have enough confidence. And when he said that, it was on. It was definitely on. I, I went on to beat Bloodborne, and it, uh, very soon after, I would um, I would start back with D, uh, Demon Souls and DS One, and and would would work my way through them, and, and had a great time. So it was really more of, of an internal challenge on my end. Did uh did you already have a PS4 for Bloodborne or, or for like just yeah, in general did. or I, did you buy it specifically for Bloodborne? Like, that's what I'm saying. It um I no I I love the I love the comment that uh, Bloodborne's the most expensive gaming back because you had to buy a PS4 with it. <laughs> is that I've, I've I've only owned a PS4. I, I don't have the X, Xbox and I don't have a gaming computer. So Bloodborne just happened to go right down my wheelhouse um, as far as that was concerned. Um, but I do have a story about an expensive purchase. Um, uh, once Dark Souls 3 came out, um, I got about halfway through it, enjoying it. But I was listening to Bonfire Side Chat and obviously picking up items in Dark Souls 3 and all the, the controversial callbacks um, in that. It bothered me that the callbacks weren't I, weren't, I wasn't getting the callbacks because I had not played, I had not finished Dark Souls 1. I can remember specifically, um, specifically in Farron's Keep, finding all of the Ulysseal items and not having an not knowing what the hell that spoke to. I knew it was a callback, but I had never, I had never gone into Ulysseal. I had never fought Artorias. And I stopped Dark Souls 3 at Farron's Keep. And I said, Chris, to enjoy Dark Souls 3, to become a part of this tight Soulsborne community, you got to start over. And let's do this thing. And so my expensive purchase was not a PS4 to get Bloodborne. I went to GameStop with my son one day, bought a used PS3, and bought a used copy of Demon's Souls and Dark Souls uh, 1 and Dark Souls 2. So at walking out of there, about $250. Look, I did have the Soulsborne games in completion. 
And that's what I worked. I did. I worked through. De- I, I I finished Demon Souls. How was how old uh, how, how old was your son at this point? If you don't mind me asking, he's um he's uh, he was probably eight. Because I'm just and, I'm picturing um, like myself at eight years old. If because uh, my parents were definitely not gamers at all. Like I'm just picturing like the idea of my dad bringing me to a GameStop and buying like a brand new. See, when I was eight, that would have been like a Nintendo Entertainment System with like Mario and Zelda, and me just losing my shit about it. Like, was he excited? Yeah. Like, was he kind of all in with you? Oh my god! And and uh, yes, my son and I have um, typical father son um, run-ins, and sometimes I want to strangle him, and sometimes he doesn't want to look me in the face, but. To him, I am the coolest guy that ever walked the face of the earth because I game, I game as much as he does. Um, sometimes we, we we go our separate ways. He's, he's obviously into um, a nauseating amount of Fortnite right now. Um, while, I pl- while I'm playing the remastered Dark Souls or, or Darkest Dungeon is what I'm mostly playing at the time. But yes, um, we have walked into GameStop, and it's like um, it's like the first scene in um, – oh, gosh. Uh, it's, I can't – the name it's like the first what was the 70s movie uh, i mean this, the, the callback 70s movie all the teenagers had a lot of pot in it and all of that what uh, was that freaks we were, and geeks no no um before uh before that anyway Not freaks and geeks. uh um oh daisy confused is that what you think about yeah daisy confused do you remember the scene daisy confused when um the young the freshman and the two seniors walk into the uh, pool hall and everything slows down from the perspective of the of the freshman <laughs> i mean and, and it's every because it's so cool to walk in there i feel like um in gamestop um that my son feels like we walk in there and and we are talking destiny we're talking dark souls and and so when i bought that he can tell you that day because i was i mean i'm I'm obviously um, somewhat self-effacing and saying i cannot believe i just bought a i just sold this ps3 six um uh, a year and a half ago now i'm buying the damn ps3 again and dark demon souls and dark souls one and two um all that i've owned at some point and sold back so it was just a it was just a um, bounce back um but it it was it is what it is i put the dark souls 3 in my bedroom i mean excuse me the ps3 in my bedroom um i played through those uh and really had the experience of the chronological Soulsborn player um but it's all been within the last two years interesting i came back yeah i came back to dark souls 3 and i know how controversial the callbacks are i know um some of it is completely over the top, but at least I was able at that point to make my decisions about that and and to get the inside jokes and to know um, how prevalent patches was um, and, uh, and and like I said to, to, to pick up items and to decide if um, it, uh, and 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 to to understand at least uh, its connection to the world. So that's so just to make sure I get my timeline. Demon Souls bounce, Dark Souls bounce, finished Bloodborne, and we're like, okay, I got to start from the very beginning. Yep. Um, after what? Uh, after Blood? After I beat Bloodborne, I started Dark Souls three, got halfway through, and then realized that I, the full experience I needed because Dark Souls three is just an amalgam of a tornado hit Dark Souls one with all the items and all the lore, and so I said I'm not getting but about fifty percent of the experience here mm-hmm. because I haven't beat the other two games, gone far enough in them to get, understand, and so stopped Dark Souls three in the middle and then literally started my way from the beginning and work my way through it 
um, so chronologically. While you were doing that, since you'd already discovered kind of bonfire side chat and a little bit of the community around Dark Souls, did you did you listen along? Like, were you watching lore videos? Like, were you kind of oh absorbing the online content around Dark Souls as you were playing those yeah. games? I'm afraid that if I tell you the number of times I've listened to Bonfire Set episodes, um, Gary and Cole may put a restraining order on me. Uh, <laughs> is that, so so um, it started with Bloodborne, and I listened um, straight through Bloodborne. Luckily, I, had, I hadn't started Bloodborne too late in its, um, in its beginning, so uh, I pretty much ran that as, as they were creating them. Uh, but... I have listened to every one of those episodes uh, going through. Um, uh, I, I immediately jumped back and started from, from they did Dark Souls 1 first. Uh, they went to Demon Souls, uh, and, and I went through all of them again. And I still go back to Day Jeremy, and if I'm at an, an area, that, I just listen to the Old Hunters again, because Old Hunters is by far maybe my favorite uh, piece of Soulsborne uh uh, gameplay, and I and I and I, I've gone back and listened to Old Hunters as I was playing it, and I, that's, Jeremy, I hate to say it, that's probably about the third time I've listened to that. Um, <laughs> I, there's I nothing wrong revisiting. with an, an enjoying media, man. You don't have to apologize to me. I've, I've, <laughs> no, I, the amount of stuff that I've watched like well, 10, 15 times that does not deserve it is totally fine. And, and Bonfire Side Chat is definitely worthy of that kind of attention. Yeah. Well, it's just so funny. Is in my email to you, I said that this you, it's kind of um, it's definitely an honor to come to you because. My entire family knows uh, Gary Cole in your name. They also know <laughs> CJ and, and Patty. Um, because, and, and it's because is that I get up when I get up to go to work in the morning. Um, I have about it takes about forty five minutes to an hour um, before I leave, and then a thirty minute commute. Well, I've got at some point a gaming podcast blaring as I'm taking my shower, as I'm drinking my coffee. Um, and so my kids don't grow up with the local news going on as they're getting ready for school. My kids grow up with Patty and CJ on Twin Humanities or you with your new guest on Don't Give Up Skeleton. And so... We, we, well, um, I just want to apologize for know. all of the cursing and, and from all of those podcasts and all of the dirty jokes. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> no, they were going to be well, blaring this to their family or else I probably would have edited no, myself no, a little bit. Is <laughs> that, unfortunately, I, um, they're... Their father doesn't have it as well. I've, they've heard me say too much at, in any of the Soulsborne bosses that that, it, that you're just as tame as anyone. Um, my, my 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 daughter, who's 12, when I told her I was recording, uh, I had been booked to record with you. She said, "Daddy, now you're, you're finally now famous." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's I, it's I just when you ask about bonfire session, it's um, I've at least two listen throughs first um, as I was playing through and then going back and then revisiting now that I, when I know what they're talking about, I, I laugh. I, I watched your friendship start and move and, and, and then it end up becoming a deep friendship with them. I remember them quoting you from like um, emails and things that you were sending in on maybe their Facebook page or whatever. And then the next thing I knew you were working with uh, Gary on the top 10 bosses or whatever uh in in souls one game so it's it's really interesting like i said don't put a restraining order out on us but uh, my whole family my whole family um uh knows uh the, the six of you by by name that's really funny what um like after like on, on kind of on the other side of this now that you've been playing these games for so long um like you, you mentioned going back to blood bloodborne and doing builds like do you think it's mostly just the mechanics that, that are pulling you back to those games or do you think it's mostly like the story like what 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 keeps you going with these it is absolutely it's, it's a, uh, it, it is 
I would say first and foremost is the lore. Um, there is something about now, like I said, I love dark fantasy, and um, and I'm enjoying my second playthrough with the with Demon Souls, Dark Souls one and two, and and uh, Dark Souls three. But right now, with it's it's the lore, it's the environment, it's the it's the blend of Victorian monsters and Lovecraftian. Um, uh, the Lovecraftian universe, uh, but at the same time as I'm visiting, I'm finally becoming the competent Soulsborne player. I'm learning what mid-maxing is. I, um, I, 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 I've stopped doing that. What everybody does in the first part of their game, and I just pour in 150 to 200 levels and try to get everything equal at every level. Is I, I finally understand the. Uh, how to make a blood tinge build or how to do a quality build and so becoming more expert in the type of player um, that you need to be for Souls going game um, but also just the lore is that um, I don't know is that uh, Bloodborne speaks to me as much as any game uh, has ever done with that lore is it just the um, like the focus on kind of more horror elements or the, the kind of keepy crawly, you know, quote unquote, Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian stuff that's doing it for us? Yeah, and and uh, I think like you, I didn't, I had heard of Lovecraft, but I, by no means had I ever read a short story. I, I knew his influence on Stephen King and a couple of, th- and um, obviously uh, movies and books um, moving forward in the last century. But I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't have told you what Lovecraftian. Uh, um, uh, perspective was and so Blood was one of those games like uh, I got what I didn't know I needed mm-hmm. uh, or was interested in um, and uh, and so it's that's a new interest to me and maybe that's why it speaks to me is that um, is all of it is uh, a genre um, a setting a backdrop that I didn't knew would speak to me as well. I knew that Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Um, I knew I loved that stuff. I, there's nothing like throwing on um, a, a, a shield and, and and sword and 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 trampsing through a, a, a medieval land. I didn't know how much Bloodworms speak to me with that environment. And I think it, I think it's, it's it's the balance of the of the dream world, the hunter's dream, um, uh, like you said, uh, the turning point after uh, Ram. Uh, you always talk about just mind blowing with the with the with the moon. Is that uh, the same here? Is that I don't know. Is that it was something I didn't know that how it would grasp me and hold me. How much of that did you get from the game itself? Like, did you were you re- actively like reading item descriptions and stuff? Like, was yeah, that like a yeah. thing that you knew about it going in? You can tell that you're you're just a master at blood at Soulsborne questions. I had no idea what the hell was going on the first time I played it. <laughs> it's fun at though, right? Like when you go at, into these things and it's yeah, like, it is. I, I I know something's happening, and I feel like the game has maybe given me some evidence, but I can't quite put it together. Like that's a fun sensation for me. Yeah, and I totally, I get it. I totally understand. Is that the whole time that I'm going through? Um, I don't know. I just uh, my first run through of Demon Souls, or the first time I'm playing Bloodborne. I know the stories there. I know. I trust in from that everything's going to connect. But it's going to. It's going to. I don't know if whether I'm dense or whether I'm. I'm just. Um, it takes me a while to uh, to put the piece together. But the first playthrough is that I'm, I think I'm so overwhelmed with 
that undercurrent of lore. I, I let my I forgive myself in just playing it through the first time, just experience it, experiencing it viscerally, and then going back and and then either through lore content, lore videos, and a second playthrough, just to, um, sucking it all in. <laughs> Switching I gears. tell the story. Go ahead. Yeah, one, one quick story is that when I was in the Forbidden Woods, I had yet to go back to the shortcut where you go through the cave and go back up and and um, uh, and discover uh, I, uh, Yosefska's, uh big uh, turning point. I had not done that, but I was in the Forbidden Woods and went down a tributary and and. If you have not done Yuseska yet, that tributary is the first time you see kind of the kin. The, and I looked at that alien coming at me, <laughs> and I said, from software has run out of monsters. What in the hell is – why is there aliens now in Bloodborne? And it would take me um, the, the, the way finished through and then to go back and study the lore to show that this, this, this Lovecraftian genre that I'd experienced. I literally thought, oh, my God, it's gone to UFOs and aliens. They've run out of werewolves to make. <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> that's such a great moment of seeing those dudes and like like what in the hell am i playing like this doesn't look like a thing that i expect to see in a from software game I, and i actually my first thought i remember thinking oh god is that what, this has gotten a little bit over the top I, I was loving the werewolves and the zombies um but again you're very close to getting to Bergenworth and within that game twisting. And at that point, it all, it, it at least all starts to fit. Yeah, exactly. Like once you start, like, I feel like right after the forest, um, you see those garden of eyes, the, the little fly monsters. And then you see the weird, I can't remember what they call it. Lumen flower or something like that weird giant oh, yeah. thing that shoots cubed fireballs at you or whatever. Like that's, that's the point of that game where it's like, what, what, what is happening? Like, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> what is going yeah. on right now? Yeah. <laughs> And you almost this for your first playthrough, you almost submit and give in to that understanding that uh, that understanding that you're in a universe that you're not going to figure out. In the it's going to take you there. And man, isn't that you almost hunger for that experience of being that virgin in the game um, that first time? Oh, absolutely! Like that's the as Gary's real fond of saying, like there's only you only have you can only play through a Souls game for the first time once. So like, why would you why would you try to ruin that for yourself? Which has been kind of frustrating, like watching the way Namco was treated at Dark Souls three and things yeah, like that. Like yeah. watching um, from software drip out Sirico uh, Sekiro, uh, like just you know here's a trailer or here's a screenshot or, or whatever without doing the full court press has been has been nice. I hope they continue doing that as they get closer and closer to release of that game. I, I agree. I, we we got an uh, we we've got enough with Sekiro. We I, we we don't need any more until that game drops. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you went back and you play, replayed, not replayed, but you, you went to Demon Souls and then Dark One. Um, was that, that trip back worth it? Like when you stopped in the middle of Dark Souls 3 and were like, okay, I got I to gotta go back and appreciate this. Did that eventually pay off for you? Did you, like when you went, I'm assuming that you did, you know, Demons and Dark and Dark 2 and then all the way back to Dark Souls 3. Does that, did that pay off for you in Dark Souls 3? Did you then appreciate all of those things that you were seeing? Yeah. I, I fully believe that although it was it, it was up to seven or eight years later than when they first came is that i've had that that kind of for lack of better words transcendent experience with each game i went through i uh, uh demon souls uh in the nexus and in, in, in latria is that i i'm absolutely 
so proud that I took that journey. Um, Dark Souls 1, I feel like um, I, I discovered Ulysseel for the first time. I, 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 I had the, the same experiences that I believe people had when they purchased in the beginning. It was just six or seven years later. Luckily, I had been somewhat ignorant to the lore videos, to the podcast at that time, that I could experience them um, and go through them uh, really uninterrupted and without without any knowledge. Uh, and the same thing with Dark Souls 3 uh, is that I, I'm a little bit more forgiving with Dark Souls 3 uh, because uh, it takes the, somewhat the, uh, the, um, the gameplay of Bloodborne um, and takes into a world that I love, which is the Dark Souls world. And I, I think there's no denying that it's got some of the best areas in the whole Soulsborne game. I mean, the Undead Settlement still scares the hell out of me. Cathedral of the Deep still scares the hell out of me. I think Irithyll is beautiful and, and Lothric Castle. And I don't know of a, of a better boss fight in all the Soulsborne games as far as lore-wise than Lorien and Lothric. God, that thing tears me to pieces listening to them talk. So I'm a little bit more forgiving with Dark Souls 3. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was exhaustion or if it was, um, I don't know, having a closer relationship to the tight relationship to the games that people are more critical of it. Um, I, I still think it's a worthy successor. Yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 3 gets a lot of shit for a lot of things. Um but I mean, you can't really, I, I, nobody I've ever talked to says that it's a bad game, right? Like everybody says like, yeah. this is a good game, but it's not necessarily like what I want from a Souls game, which I can understand that. Yeah. Like there's, there's yeah. aspects of that story. And if you look at the, the, the cut content stuff that uh, people have been uncovering and like what this story probably originally was, I'm not going to say definitely, but like the way that that story started versus the way that it ended is, is really interested Um and, and I, I don't like you never know if that's going to make it better or worse. And I trust from software to make this decision. So obviously, like they, they did what they had to do to make a good game. But mechanically and like you said, like from a level design perspective, it doesn't have that interconnected world that Dark Souls one has. But there's levels that do that, like the Undead Settlement and the Cathedral of the Deep are both like these huge, sprawling, wrap upon themselves kind of levels. They're just isolated in of themselves. They're like Dark Souls three is like a bunch of little painted worlds all in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You, I, I always wanted to ask you: Do you think, in two after Sekiro, in two or three years, that Dark Souls Three will 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 become less criticized and be given more of a pass, uh, just like Dark Souls Two has become? Um, as people go back to Dark Souls Two, there's a lot there's a lot of fan love and and nostalgia that wasn't there in the present um, of when it was released. Um, do you think that Dark Souls 3 will look better and um, and have more of a, 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 I guess, a better reputation as it get, as it has a little, gets a little age? Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, just like with Dark Souls 2, uh, like the, the farther we got away from that game, like the better I think it's appreciated. And there was a, you know, there's a, there's a strong and small contingent of people that, you know, always liked Dark Souls 2 that we were always really into it. Um, I think that if we get at a little distance with Dark Souls 3, I think it's going to hold up a little bit better. I think like my main core issue with Dark Souls 3, and I'm really hoping that Sekiro doesn't go this way either, is, um, 
the the kind of inflated difficulty like it, it really does feel like yeah whether it's whether it was namco or from software somebody was like okay you gotta you gotta jack those hp yeah. numbers up and i man that's that's not quite like it's been so refreshing going back to dark souls remastered on ps4 and like killing the taurus yeah. demon which is still a challenging oh, yeah. fight for no reason like that fight oh, yeah. still is kind of hard um but it's it's one of those things where you you know it's it, you don't you don't have to do it for 12 minutes you don't have to sit there and like be perfect yeah, and yeah. i think that makes it that makes a big difference for me when i think about replaying dark souls 3 i get really excited until i think about some of those like end yeah. game dlc areas and i just i just don't care oh, so, un- <laughs> i can't make, i can't make myself care at that point yeah and i i, I can't agree more dark souls 3 is the one game and this is and uh is that I can almost assure myself that I'm going to be bringing people into co-op with me. And that's, and while that's that nobody should ever uh, feel as if that's quote unquote cheating is that that game, at least in my perspective for the normal player almost requires co-ops against those bosses um, where I've never felt that way in any of the other games. I can't say I haven't used co-op in other games, but Dark Souls three, I pretty much got to the point that I try four or five times and I was calling people yeah, and I did too. Like I remember, I just remember not caring. I usually, I'm the type of person I don't consider summoning cheating. Like I feel like um, summoning people to to help you out is more of a like choose your own difficulty kind of thing than it is like necessarily cheating. Like I don't I don't buy into a lot of the one true sure, sure. souls run or anything. But uh, the like just I usually try to at least defeat a boss for the first time by myself. Um, yeah, and it's it's very rare for me not to have succeeded that. And like you get into those. There's those later fights like the the is it freed the 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 three phase you know refill your health bar twice oh, yes, kind of kind of yeah. fight and just just did not like I was just like I just want to get past this like I don't yeah I'm, I'm I'm past the point of like wanting to accomplish this and it's so impressive to me to see people like um oh, uh, yeah. my friend strenuous orb or baller swag sword or do challenge runs and things that were strenuous orb specifically like just to call him out he's done all of the Dark Souls three bosses at like New Game seven Soul level one and I just Jesus, have yeah. no idea how that's possible yeah, yeah that's that's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it, that's going to be the the big thing. the 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 legacy of Dark Souls Three, I think, is going to be. I don't think it's ever going to be as looked upon as as good, as well as Dark Souls Two is. Like, I don't think you're going to see that big of a flip just because of that 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 end game kind of ramping up the HP and that exists in Bloodborne too. Like you go through the defiled chalices and defiled Amy G is, is like kind of a piece of shit boss. I mean, and, and mechanical mechanically and everything. And I've, I've got the PTSD where I can appreciate it. Like I've gone through it so many times that I'm 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 well on the other side, but I can, I can definitely look at that and go like, Oh yeah, this is where it started. Like this is where all of my problems from dark souls three started. Yeah. And, and you can't, one can't deny that, the boss experiences in Dark Souls 3 and having to, if you're just a casual gamer like myself, have to, having to bring in co-op, that the the euphoric feel, the the um, the uh, the pride, the triumphant of beating a boss on their own that you experience in a Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 1 remastered that I'm playing now, um, is that that's probably what makes um, uh, one of the one, one of the things that makes the Souls 1 game is that triumphant feel that 10 playthroughs ago you didn't think you could beat that boss um uh i just beat Artorius of the abyss um two weeks ago after when the remastered came out i'd, I'd never played the dlc before and i pl- and again you can most people play five or ten playthroughs um of the boss and uh and and, and able to get it and that, that's that's a hard um run for them it usually takes about 25 for me um and three nights 
I'm making this up is that my family after dinner sat and watched me five or six times uh, fight Artorias and start to learn the flips and start to learn to, to, to dodge sideways. And the minute that I beat Artorias, uh, the, the house erupted. Um, and I, there's no other experience like that that I don't believe there's, there is except in, in Dark Souls 1 and maybe in some of the uh, bosses uh, in, in 2 and uh, in Bloodborne. It's just unbelievable. Chris, how is your family not completely exhausted with Souls Souls games right now? Like it sounds like a, it sounds very nice that it's a very it's a shared family experience, but like at some point they have to be uh, you know I just I, maybe Chris I just don't want to watch you play Dark Souls anymore. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go outside and play in the yard, Dad. See you later. <laughs> well, I, th- I I do um, I may be over describing my my wife and daughter. They have a, they have a good. Um, a lot of times they have a, a very uh, nice talent of t- zoning me out, tuning me out. They'll listen when they want to listen. They'll listen when they want to listen. Um, sometimes they understand I just need to talk and get it out. Uh, but, but but they have sat there and watched every prepare, prepare to cry video with me. Um, they have listened. Um, it, uh, I, my daughter's had a blast watching me. I, I went back to the um, – to the part one and part two PVP episodes of the original Dark Souls when you when you were um, a guest on there, and I listened very closely and I took notes, and my my daughters had a blast watching me try to dive into the PVP um, aspect of it and just get my ass handed to me. Um, <laughs> but they um, at least my daughter and wife can tune me out. They only listen when they really want to listen. Tell me about this PVP experience. What game was it? It was um, I. I uh, now I had messed around, and I know this is uh, this is uh, going to be a little bit funny. Is that probably the first time I started messing around at PvP and all was in, was in Bloodborne? I, I don't know. I think probably because I was a little bit more confident in my ability um, with the combat, but never got. You know, obviously, Bloodborne you don't get too uh, wound into the uh, the PvP. Uh, but through the podcast and listening to you and watching your videos. Uh, it was one of those things is I always want to try that. Um, that's an area that I, I just have no um, experience or knowledge in. And so um, I, I did. I went back to that part one and part two episodes of the PVP that you that uh, Bonfire did for the original run through Dark Souls. And I remember Gary and Cole just kind of dipping their foot in, feet into it so that they could talk with you about it on this episode. And that's really what I did. Um what was what is the covenant uh, with Gwendolyn? The uh, um, Dark Moon. Yeah, Dark Moon. That's what, that's the route that I went, um, and so I could I could I, I could invade pretty much where I wanted. Um, and honestly, um, I, I have a blast with it. I have a blast running to find. I, I've got, I've never gone to the level of trolling because I've never. Um, I, I still would need to. To, to speak with you or somebody about how to make a pure PVP build. Cause right now what I'm doing is doing PVP with my current, uh, with my current PVE character. Um, and you just, you can't, you can't go up against people that have PVP builds. So, uh, I'm still wanting to go back and learn how to troll and learn how to at least be somewhat competitive. But I remember on that, those part one and part two episodes, you said, if you're winning one out of 10 and having fun losing the other nine, that's what PVP is, is, is starting with, um, with Dark Souls. It's true. It still holds true today. Like, I, you know, when Dark Souls Remastered came out, I jumped in and tried to kind of recreate some of that Dark Souls one PVP magic. And it's, it's very much that, like if you can't, 
if you can't put aside the fact that you're going to lose all the time, then you you, you best not be playing. Like it's, you're just going to get mad at a at a game. So, and you and you get to put all every bit of. I mean, you have to put every bit of. I'm uh, oh, sorry. You, you've got to bring every bit of humility. My, I mean, honestly, the fun that we have with PvP when my daughter sits there with me is watching me how bad I get killed or watching sure. me take off running. Um, and and luckily, sometimes maybe kicking somebody off a cliff or something. Um, you, you have to check your ego at the side at that um, as you grow as a player. But h- how fun is it for remastered uh, the Dark Souls remastered, especially somebody like me, Jeremy, that was never to experience the full. Um, uh, participation of uh, of of a new group of players is that pretty much Demon Souls and Dark Souls were empty um, as I went through them four or five years later. This Dark Souls remaster, when that bell is constantly ringing um, and you have no problem uh, calling in a calling in a uh, a co-op or, or or volunteering to be a, uh, um, to, to co-op with other people, is that that's what I've really enjoyed because I didn't have that the first time. Yeah, it's 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 weird, right? Because like that was my that was my first game that I really was like a multiplayer. It was my first real big multiplayer game. Um, like before that, I had played online stuff, but not really like delved off into it. And there was something kind of magical about um, just kind of getting in there and like it was it was kind of like meeting strangers almost like because you don't you can't yeah. talk to people especially in the 360 version like it would kick you out of voice chat anytime you booted the game up so you can't <laughs> you can't talk to people you can only communicate with these weird like gestures or like banging your shield around or something uh it's sure, yeah. yeah it's it's it was really bizarre and then like getting heavily into it like just all i did all day long hours and hours and hours my wife is out of town for work and I would sit on the couch and just like read a book and wait to get summoned or just sit there and invade the same like 12 to 20 people over and over again. It's really fun and it's exciting. Um, And like, I feel like that was the one game that really, that I really connected with, with multiplayer. The rest of them I've kind of tried, but I haven't like completely connected with. I wish I, I don't know that I can go back and get that magic. Right. Like, I just don't know that. Of course. No way. Yeah. I just I don't I wonder the, yeah I, I, I wonder if it, I don't I just don't think it's going to be possible I guess is what I'm saying. Of course yeah and there's I, I, there's no way is that that's if if I miss, if I missed anything um really going through the Soulsborne games um 3 or 4 years after their release uh is that I missed that that first um I don't know uh just the the uh, irreplaceable first introduction to the mechanics and to the the, the pvp no, not pvp but just the, the co-op relationships like you said i can't imagine um rolling through barrels with somebody that you just called in for the first time and neither one of you know what the hell you're doing rolling through barrels mm-hmm. like you said banging shields down is that um i came in there three or four years later and uh and either it, it was it was somewhat emptier the world that you could draw upon or um uh, or, or I had I had seen enough on videos and things that um, it wasn't a complete uh, surprise to me. Yeah, it's um, that was that was one thing that was real interesting. Go back to Dark Souls Remastered, right? Like the just opening that game and like have it seen summon signs literally everywhere. Like that's oh, yeah. that was yeah. such an experience. That's something I'd never experienced, and yeah. so that's why I, that, I have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the return to um, the return to. Uh, uh, whether it be returned to uh, 
God, I'm, I could, I'm going blank. Return to Lord Jan or return, return to, to yeah. Um, yeah, return to the Nexus or <laughs> yeah, return to Yarnum. I mean, for the two or three days that everybody get jumps in the week, um, I was there for Dark Souls Two, where everybody was um, was everybody was dropping the "Don't give up skeleton" message, mm-hmm. um, and th- those things again are are new to me. Dark Souls Remaster, being able to see seven uh, uh, yellow signs on the ground, is that. Uh, I feel at least like that for the first time I can experience somewhat what y'all experienced back in the release. Yeah, and that's 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 one of the cool things. That's I like the I like the I like those community events a lot. I haven't got to uh, participate as much as I've always wanted to, but they usually like fall in weird times for me for whatever reason. So yeah. I just can't make a lot of times I can't make it. I always think to myself like I'm going to start a new build and I'm going to get in there and it's going to be a da 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 da. Yeah, and yeah, it just never happens for whatever reason. And, I, and, and pretty much I, the same way as I jump in on opening day, start a new build, and after two or three days, um, you realize that there was a reason you weren't playing is that you got a lot. Love commitments in life. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm kind of curious as somebody that um, obviously spent a lot of time and a lot of a lot of years and kind of shared this game with your family. Would you say that that Dark Souls has changed you as a person or you as a person who plays video games at all? The, the, um, the immediate answer is yes. Um, and as I reflect upon that, after saying yes. Um, there's so many intangibles in that. Um, I often hear, uh, I listen to every one of your episodes and I hear um, how you've met so many good friends and, um, and have just built relationships in the community. Um, you've grown as a podcaster. I, I, I wish I had those tangible pieces, um, and, uh, but being a father and a husband and, and, uh, and working a 60 hour job a week is that I, those are just pipe dreams to me. But the 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 hundreds of hours I've listened to the podcast, the the videos I've watched with Vadi, and the um, the ability to dissect lore and to and and to deep dive into lore, um, all of those things uh, have have become a part of my my life and my gaming experience, as well as as there's no doubt is that. Um, those triumphant moments of discovering a secret in um, in Lothric or or beating the Capper Demon for the first time, those things those things don't go away. Um, the first, I, I, I will never forget the day that I beat Lady Maria, um, and there there's a level of, um, of of nostalgia and confidence and just uh, a richness of that experience that I can't describe tangibly what it's done but absolutely um, and, and the simple another simple is i never look at another video game again everything compares to the souls games <laughs> you got that souls is real bad don't you <laughs> yeah i went back and played dishonor 2 in the dlc um uh, which my, my my daughter and i are big into the lore with that um over the christmas break had a blast had a had a um enjoyment but uh it wasn't long before I was right back into the um, into Bloodborne or, or counting the days to the remaster. Dark Souls came out. It's it's, uh, it's I can't explain it, but everything goes through that uh, Soulsborne lens now. So, as somebody who has gone through those experiences and who have has played all of these games. Um, what do you think you kind of want to see from from software in the future like we we're in kind of a, a like we're, we're hashtag blessed over here because we know we have secure coming we know we have the uh, psvr uh Deracine, Deracine, i don't quite know how you pronounce it um 
and then there's like there's probably an armored core game and they've actually said like hey we've got one more thing that we were developing that we're not talking about yet so what what's your what's your dream title from from software i have uh two things i have such a respect and um for what from software has done with these souls war games that i have no doubt that Sekiro will will live up to the somewhat um, deserved reputation of the of the previous games. I think it will be different enough that it will provide um, its first unique experience, whether it be with the whether it be with the gameplay, whether it be with um, the, the difference of having co op or not having co op, uh, the the lore behind it. At the same time, is still going to have the From Software DNA. Um, I, I, I will admit, the first time I saw the trailer, um, the first thing I thought of was, "Gosh, I wish Neo, Neo hadn't come out." So this would be, um, this would be the first time I was to experience this this um, this uh, uh, environment, um, the set drop. Uh, but that, but then immediately after I started watching the gameplay and everything, I said, "From Software's got this." I said, "There's enough different elements that they're that they're describing it as that it's going to be unique enough." To be to, for us to have that magic again, but also have that from DNA. So I, I trust Sekiro, but Jeremy, if I could have my wish, I'd be going back to Yarnum again, or at least going back to that world. Is that more of a mechanics or a lore thing? I just like I, I feel like from Dark Souls One to Dark Souls Three in the DLC is that. Um, They've, is that 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 story's been told enough, and and it's it's and maybe told too much to a certain degree. Some would argue, is that I think we can shelve Dark Souls three for the amazing, I mean, excuse me, Dark Souls universe for the for the amazing once in a lifetime product it is. I I know there's an argument that that Bloodborne you don't want to dilute it by making making um, continuous games or you. Um, or it, it it is a whole story in itself. Um, it doesn't need to be revisited. I think that the world and the environment and the lore that they created with Bloodborne has infinite potential. And I mean, the old hunters by far is is um, the biggest, the, the my favorite content in any Soulsborne game. And again, I just can't imagine. from not wanting to go back and visit that world nice well chris thank you so much for waking up early on a saturday morning and uh being on a podcast with me man i, I really appreciate it what i tell you is that um I've been, I've been counting the days on the calendars that this is an honor um i uh, your voices uh uh your voice and gary and cole and cj and patty's are one that uh, i couldn't believe when you when you tapped in today is that um it's one that's very uh very familiar and comfortable with me and and so just to be able to chat with you about this souls born uh universe uh, is an honor and it's been a blast um do you have any place on the internet that people can come chat with you about if they want to talk to you about some about some souls? I wish I, I wish I did. Is that um, I'm going I'm going to jump into this Discord very uh, quickly. I've, I've I, um, having played other games and 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 uh, listening to podcasts is that I'd love to get into Discord. Uh, my, my my user tag is CL Money. 
on PSN, and I'd love to for anybody to to send me an invite. I can run Chalice Dungeons. I can uh, uh, we can PVP. Uh, we can do whatever. Is uh, CL money on, on PSN? I'd love to meet, continue to meet Souls members. Cool. Well, um, speaking of Discord, I don't really, I don't think I've advertised on the podcast, but there is a Don't Give Up Skeleton Discord. And uh, if you, somewhere on Twitter, uh, usually I post a link, an invite link when the uh, episodes go out. So if you if you want to get a link to that, um, anybody out there, not just not just Chris, but uh, <laughs> anybody out there that wants a link, come on and join. Um, there's a bunch of previous guests. There's a bunch of people that will eventually be guests. And just, you know, it's just a casual kind of souls hangout. So, you know, organizing co-op and PVP and all that stuff is all kinds of fun. And thank you again, Chris, for uh, oh, guesting. Yeah. I really appreciate it absolutely and thank you jeremy for and and obviously after having a hundred so thank you for keeping uh the souls world alive the souls world alive is that uh it's, it's just as fresh in talking about it um today as it was when they first released it does feel that way, man. I, I don't. I don't get tired of it. I always keep thinking I will. Like I thought I was going to end this podcast around episode 100, and now I'm, you know, 150 deep, just about. So, <laughs> um, well, as always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to all of the various social media sites. It has a link to the Patreon. It has a link to the t-shirt if you want to wear a skelly on your belly. Um, I should probably post a link to the Discord on that website, too. I'll probably do that today now that we're thinking about it. If you want to come and chat with some with some guests in the Discord, you can do that. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been listening. And thank you to everybody who's been leaving iTunes reviews. Thank you to the patrons. All of that stuff is very, very much appreciated. And um, we'll be back next week with another guest and until then remember don't give up skeleton all right we're good well, thank you jeremy that went by in a, just in a, in a, in a flash <laughs> yeah I, did, I was actually watching on my on my macbook on the time and uh it's one of those things is, is that when you find somebody that you can talk with